Hi, and welcome to episode 237 of No Crying in Baseball, the Nothing Like the View from the Cheap Seats episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there, the Cheap Seats. So we had a, we had another 1992 experience at Camden Yard, and I, I'm appreciating these flashbacks to 1992. Sure. Seems like yesterday, really. It, I, not in any way whatsoever, <laughs> but we do appreciate the pricing for sure. We sat out at the new left field wall um, at, at uh, Orioles Park at Camden Yards, and it took us a while to figure out. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Look at that right angle right there. Look at us. We're in the new place. Yeah. And we, you know, originally got those seats. We thought, we thought they were a little bit more center, center field because mm-hmm. we wanted you to be able to menace Kike Hernandez because the Red Sox are in town playing the Orioles. And as it turned out, we were just menacing Verdugo, which was more menacing and less um, entertaining. Yeah, not quite as good. Although we did get some pictures of Kike Pants because he did come over for a little bit of a toss, you know, in between innings. So that was the cool... I don't know. I like the outfield. I, I might be a convert to going out Ooh, there. You know, I, it was fun. I liked the crowd. I think it was mm-hmm. it was, it was was more... Like everybody was more engaged with each other out right. there. But I can't focus on the game as well when I'm that far away from the infield. I think huh. it's my old lady eyes. I don't know. Um, I did have a good time, but it's not going to be my, like, go-to place. Um, I don't know. I would do it. I would totally do it again. And I want to do the bleachers because, well, especially when the Red Sox are there because that's where Kike is at. But I felt more alert because you got to be watching the ball because it can come to you. And we had, well, most of the balls that came into our section were the ones that were tossed up when they were doing their between and catch. But still, that was like kind of fun. It felt Mr. like you were Mr. Potty Mouth of- caught one of those from Austin Hayes. And he did the right thing and gave it to a small child right near us. So yay, points for Mr. Potty Mouth. Like he needs any points. He's like cranking in our uh, Yeah, yeah. Our he's, he's got baseball. all the points right now. Hey, I like your shirt. I am wearing my, and as I look down to do it, my, my Mr. Celery Woohoo shirt that we got at the B- Wilmington Blue Rocks last weekend. And I just love it because it's just Mr. Celery saying woohoo. So if you know, you know when you see the shirt. And if you don't, you go, what the fuck is that thing? On and then Potty Mouth tells you. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's Leading like, with woohoo. Let me tell you about Mr. Celery. And it's also a really good green. And I'm used to seeing you yeah. in red. So it's kind of a fun change. Yeah. It's a conversation starter. Uh-huh. And I do, you know, coincidentally, have a matching green Red Sox hat. So there, there you go. For sure. Yeah. I'm also repping the minor leagues. I've got my um, my Aberdeen Iron Ironbirds shirt on right now. So I got a little high A action happening too. And you'll find out why when we get farther into the show. But first, we are drinking the most delicious mm. pink drink. Yeah, mine's almost gone. I've got one sip left. So when we were, um, last weekend, when we went to see um, Mr. Celery and, and also the baseball <laughs> teams play in Wilmington, Delaware, we went to Wilmington Brew Works and we got this really yummy beer called Duvet, which is a cherry, vanilla, and limeade situation and the very nice man we were chatting with said you know what when i take that home i spike it with tequila and we said huh you are speaking a language that is familiar to us so we decided we would try that today and it's very successful it is it is and i'm very fluent in tequila so but mine is almost gone and so from here we're going to be going to our friend silver branch have a cherry blossom situation farmhouse ale but it seemed like a good segue from, from cherry to cherry. cherry to the cherry so yeah we were talking good. about like what the alcohol content is of this duvet and then we realized <laughs> oh yes and then we added tequila so um be forewarned dear listeners that it could go south you thought rum was bad right let's see what happens today right and i yeah. just I, I have to add that I'm, I'm a little bit sad because the red Sox are sucking and they sucked here in baltimore which kind of was rough although we did we had fun last night we, we definitely had fun. had fun we had fun and i felt really good about our section i'm just remembering Remembering this because yeah. the guy in front of us is the reason that the um, the no hitter got broken up, right? Because he pointed out it was a no hitter, which I hadn't realized yet. And his son 
basically hit him on the arm and said, Dad. And I was like, oh, wait. And so we had a little fun with that. And immediately the young hitter was broken up. And then Potty Mouth, I think, um, helped the Orioles with the walk-off. Yeah, yeah. So the the no-hitter timing was amazing because it was like we, we, we both kind of went, shh. As soon as he said it. Uh, no, no. You and Mr. Potty Mouth were both there. I'm like, oh, that's right. It's a no-hitter. I right. hear if you talk about those out loud, they get broken up. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then, boom, it was broken up. And then it got cold at the end. It went into extras. So I was like, yay, free baseball. I didn't really want to watch the Orioles batting in the bottom of the 10th. But I didn't think it would go quite that poorly so I stepped out and you told me at that moment oh yeah go change it up and I was like I just want to put on another shirt and sure enough I come out of the bathroom greeted by a flood of people going in the other direction because the Orioles had walked it off on an error. Yeah, so I've got kind of like so my last two O's games were both walk-offs, and the first the first of these two was a walk-off on a walk, and this one was a walk-off on an error. So they've been really bizarre walk-offs, but I'm okay because it means the O's win. Yeah, I don't. I, I feel mixed about it. I was kind of like, phew, I didn't have to see that ugly play, but then at the same time, was I was ugly. like, I was like, shit, am I guilty? A little bit. I think you should take some responsibility for it. Yeah, but not as All much right. as the relief pitcher who totally overthrew the third baseman. And that was Sawamura. Sa- He's yep. been disappointing yep. this year. Yep. All right, we, we got hey. a show, right? Oh my god, we've got a show, and we've got tequila. See, we're already going down rabbit holes with I, the tequila. I had tequila. On today's show, along with the pink beverages, we've got boyfriend updates, including some heartwarming things for a change. We've got the police blotter involving just desserts and some underwhelming news. We've got a not really a no-no. I'm willing to fight over that. We've got international baseball. We've got pay the damn minor leaguers for doing their work. And ESPN gets a little judgy and we're okay with that. Boy, this drink is good. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're usually okay with being judgy when it's us. Yeah. You know? So, so other people being judgy have to pass or we have to approve their judgment. Exactly. Exactly. But one thing that we are, are we're, openly judgy about on a regular basis is our baseball boyfriends so if you're interested in any of these guys that we're about to talk about go back to our off-season podcast when we chose one guy per week and we said why they're so cool and so we've each picked one guy per team and we're going to keep checking in on them throughout the season I'm going to start by checking in on my pitching staff so by the end of the baseball boyfriend picks we pick a whole flock of pitchers Flock is the right term, isn't it? Yes, the pitchers gavel flock of because, pitchers. Well, I think flock, and it's all because the pitchers all come from one team, right? Yeah. So we have a flock of pitchers. My flock this year is the San Francisco Giants, and I not only chose them partly because of Carlos Rodon being there, but I also in in our predictions episode. So go back to that one. I predicted him as the Cy Young winner for this year. So we will see if that happens. But he is off to a mighty good start. He's tied number four in ERA with 1.17. He's tied for second in strikeouts. But the cool thing is that he has broke, broken. Yes, my conjugation nice is going well. Broken Tin Lincecum's franchise record for the most strikeouts in his first four appearances. And that's as much as we got to work with so far. So that's what we're talking about. He has 38 strikeouts in his first four appearances, and that beats Tim Lincecum's 35. His record right now is 3-0, so there's one non-decision. And um, the other cool thing about it is that each of his outings so far, he has gotten over eight strikeouts per outing and has not let up more than three hits or a home run. And the only other guy in the modern era to do that in the first four games that we're at is uh, is DeGrom. So... 
pretty good company there. Uh, the, the other cool thing that I want to say about Giants pitching, the other pitcher that I chose them for was Logan Webb. And if you want to intersect adorable with baseball, which is what I, I like to do, check uh, Brandon Crawford's wife, and I, I'm spacing her name. Her Instagram has their son Bryson with Logan Webb, and he calls him Yogan Webb. Of course he does. Yeah. Is um is is the little Crawford the one who um, loves Juan Soto too? And took, yes. and took pictures of Juan Soto's. This kid is yes. totally adorable, which is a drinking game, but potty right. mouth's empty, so I'm gonna drink twice now. All right. Once well, for me, once for potty mouth. Right, and I'm gonna have to open go, this. Go ahead and do the, it. The whole Crawford family actually is pretty amazing. I don't know how many kids, it's like four or five. There's a whole gaggle of them. Um, but they are See it's a gaggle <laughs> when it when it's children, right. right? It's a flock of pitchers or a flock of seagulls. I don't know. That all of those things. Yeah, and yeah for sure. Some more beer. Hey, can I talk about Adley Rutschman? Yes, I love hearing about Adley. Well, really. I hope so. You might be kidding, but because I talk about him ad nauseum. But um, Adley is my boyfriend this year for the Orioles, and he, of course, um, had a tricep strain right before opening day, which um, allowed the Orioles to manipulate his service time a little longer. I mean, mm. have him rehab to be very mm. careful with him. And he's finally out of Florida and actually playing some rehab games. As so he's been playing at high A this past week at the um, at the Aberdeen Ironbirds. And um, over the course of this past week playing at the Ironbirds, he's six for 13 with three doubles. And last night Holy alone, shit. he went four for five with two doubles. So I think he's soon. I think they're going to probably bring him up a level or two. I'm guessing Bowie because I think they're going to try to keep him close to mm-hmm. Baltimore instead of sending him, you know, the Triple A's a little farther away. Um, but I'm hoping that our next O's game in a couple of weeks, maybe we'll get to see Adley at the same time. Fingers freaking crossed. That so would be so cool. I gave in and I got um, MILB TV to test drive it for a month because, you know, as I mentioned before, I adopted a minor league player and I wanted to watch. He started again this past week, so I wanted to watch that. But first I was checking out with some of my imaginary friends on Twitter like is this good to get like is this any is this decent uh-huh. and I was told it depends what teams you're watching right so I'm watching low a like single a Fred Nats the Fredericksburg Nationals I thought oh, I was going to be terrible and it was really good they had a, a dedicated announcer they were showing like the in between inning games instead of going to the you know MLB will be right back Way you know we're better. in a commercial break so it was yeah. great and then I, I flipped over to watch Adley, right, in this this high game for, you know, in, in, this, in the Orioles franchise. And it was basically one camera at the top of the, the ballpark. And in the upper right-hand corner, it said, natural sounds only. Oh. Which meant there was no announcer. You're just like, you're, like you're watching the game as if you have your hands over your ears uh-huh. and you're sitting high up. And it's like, okay, there, there's, a, there's a game happening somewhere near me. So... It can be great, and it can par- apparently be terrible. I'm thinking, this is freaking Adley Rutsch when you couldn't front yourself an announcer. Everyone wants to see Adley. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, it, it honestly, it was, you know, 12 bucks for a month. I'm going to do it for a month, and then we'll we'll see what happens there. But it was kind of fun. It sounds like a worthwhile investment. Yeah. I would want to see. I'm excited. I hope he's up when we go to when we go to the O's next time, and and I'll be rooting with you for the O's because it'll be against the Rays, and we'll be sitting closer to where the catcher is, which is good yeah. if Adley comes up. That's good. All right. So more boyfriend news. Um, uh, McCutcheon, Andrew McCutcheon, 
who I, I him. had picked last year, I believe. So this is like a former boyfriend situation because we don't keep them, but we do keep tabs on him. He's doing cool shit. He is the 51st MLB player with 200 homers and 200 steals. He is not Ooh. surprised by himself. He kind of expected to do that when he started playing, which is, you know, just that attitude and something that I love about him. And um, the only other guy right now who is at that level is Mike Trout. And uh, Kutch said, that's good to have that milestone and be in good company with that guy, Mike Trout, over there. That guy. Which is adorable. That is, like, that's pretty fun. And the coolest thing about his 200th steal is that it happened at the Pirates, which is, of course, the former team that he's really known for. And also it's his home. He and his wife apparently decided... You know, Pittsburgh area is going to be home no matter where he gets traded. Remember they named their son Steel. Yeah, I guess that's kind of some investment there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, again, with the the former boyfriends, you might hear us talking about ex-boyfriends and former boyfriends. Yeah. Former boyfriends are just guys we've picked in past years, and then we pick a new guy the next year. So it's just former. That's just We're just moving on. You know, we're, 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 we promise to be friends. Yeah. Um, the the <laughs> ex-boyfriends are ones who have done something um, inexcusable that has caused us to write them off. So they're not – we don't remember them fondly. We resent them greatly. So they are yes. ex. So um, often what happens – it's been happening more to us recently as because we have such a backlog of boyfriends that we often <laughs> go to prospects or hey, new guy, right. as we like to call it. And so last year I picked um, Christian Pache too soon uh, for Atlanta at the time. And, you know, he, he was all right, but didn't play a lot. And, and it was fine. But he was traded to the Oakland A's as part of the Matt Olson, the, the trade that brought Matt Olson to mm-hmm. Atlanta. And they love him. The, the 10 people that go to um, Oakland games adore him because he's got personality. He's one of these young guys who expresses himself. And and there was like an article in the in the Examiner that talks about talked about his joy of the game. And that's one of the things that we look at when we look at boyfriends, guys who love to play baseball. He also has great QR quality hair above replacement. He does, and that leads right into this yeah. story. As a matter of fact, so he did this little thing that caused people to send me this this clip from the Athletic and say you should pick him as a boyfriend. I'm like, hello, don't you listen to the show? I did that last <laughs> year. But here's why: if, if 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 I were saving up things for to pick him for next year, mm-hmm. it would be this clip because he made friends on Twitter with this family of a little leaguer who posted a video the day before they were going to an A's game and this little kid Jaden is saying hi Christian how many hits do I have to get today in order to meet you before the game tomorrow oh so so of course adorable of course he reached out to the family and invited them onto the field before the game and it turns out that they're a family of Atlanta fans because of you know when you have these uh, you know, national networks under mm-hmm. your disposal, you know, everybody for a long time, everybody saw the Cubs and everybody saw the Atlanta team right across the country. And so this family in you know, Northern California with big friends of big fans of Atlanta. Aww. In fact, um, Jaden's little brother's named Maddox. So there you go. And I'm, I'm all for that. But anyway, so Jaden especially likes Christian apparently because he said, I, I really like his hair. Oh, so even Jaden, the little, the fourth grader in Little League, understands the whole Qhar situation. So he and his family came down in the field, and um, Christian gave him a bat. And Jaden had little rookie cards made up from Little League and gave one to Christian. Oh my God. And so if you see the photo of them together, Christian Pache is, is holding the little card, right? You know, and Jaden's got the bat. And the, the sweetest thing is both. Little Jaden, the fourth, the fourth grader, and Christian Pache made that their profile pictures 
on Twitter. Oh my God, they both did. They both did. So um, he, so so Christian has sort of like there was one article I read that he's like a great ambassador for the game right now because boy, the goodwill that he engendered by like making this little kid happy, inviting the family down was so great. It's a total total boyfriend thing to do. That is so cool. Yeah. I, and I wonder if the kid's gonna like grow out his hair to be like maybe budget. that would be super cool. So there's so much adorable this week. The other adorable thing that jumped out at me because they were both my baseball boyfriends, actually one this year and one, I don't remember which year, the Contreros brothers faced each other for the first time. And the the sweet thing about it is the little brother, William, who's the catcher with the hammers, big brother Wilson's with the Cubs, little brother had just been called back up. And he was, apparently it was up for opening day, but this year the hammers are looking at it as like a big development year. So at first I was kind of kicking myself because I didn't keep him on my fantasy baseball boyfriend roster for our actual league, but... I'm not sure how much time he's going to have up, but the the photo op of the two of them. So the the Cubs and the Hammers got together and decided that they would be exchanging the lineup cards. And so they come over together and the hug and the tears for the big brother Wilson. It's just one of those moments that's, yeah, beautiful, beautiful photo op. If you haven't seen the video, definitely do that. And then there was more of that action today. Not teary at all, but the Guriel brothers faced each other today. So um, older brother Yuli Gurriel from the, the Astros, younger brother Lourdes Gurriel. Baby Pina? Ba- yep. Big <laughs> Pina and baby Pina faced each other. They were just smiley and goofy. I mean, they've both been up for a while, so it wasn't like that that first moment. But the two teams don't face each other, and I, I, and I guess they're not facing each other again for this season. So yay, yay. And, and I didn't check that they're still playing right now, and I'm hoping Houston pulls this one off because at least – Look at look at MLB doing the right thing. And, yeah, you know, it's not and that hard to do it. But like, the, but the teams are like, okay, this this would be a special thing to do. Let's go ahead and do it. Um, speaking of brothers, you know, you have the family you're born with, and you have the family that you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jazz Chisholm, this my boyfriend this year with the Marlins, and Lucius Fox of the Nationals are the brothers that you choose. They grew up in in the Bahamas together. They played little league together, and Aww. like for. For years and years, they talked about making the big leagues together, and this was going to be their dream. So this past Wednesday, Marlins played the Nats, and so these guys were together on the field, and there were like all these hilarious, warm, wonderful, you know, shots before the game of the hugs, and the, they exchanged jerseys with oh, each other, so cool. which was really sweet. And um, this is the first time in 61 years that two players born in the Bahamas played in the same major league baseball game. There are only nine um, Bahamian? That sounds right. Bahamian, Bahamian, um, Knack and Rams the Kraken, um, ever (laughs) in MLB, so only nine. So, But it's really cool. Like with the Contreras brothers, you you dream of this since you're a little kid, and then it finally happens, and you are together. You're not on the same team, but you're on the same field, and you finally made it, and oh my God, dream come true. Oh, huge, huge. And Jazz Chisholm is just such a character, so like anything he's involved with is going to have a little bit of flash. And can I just say, Lucius Fox also, you know, threw up on the field this week, so it was good that he had this warm and wonderful interaction with Jazz Chisholm to distract us all from it, and yet I remember it and just brought 
brought it up. Sorry, but right, right. Let's just hope that was like a, a one-off, and he's he's way past that. Yeah. So I, I alluded to the fact earlier that we have taken our baseball boyfriends and we have carefully chosen our lineups for our fantasy league that we're playing with a bunch of friends who are super fun. We love you guys. You you guys are making this a great time, and we we were talking about how we feel sort of like maternal about it. Like we just want everybody to have fun as we're sucking in the basement. I am now in the basement by myself. Well, actually, this very moment, we're in the basement together because we're that's recording. What's recording. <laughs> and that's, our, that's the studio. But as far as our league goes, Patty will go into detail in just a moment. I am down there by myself. But I, I, I wanted to explain it. I wanted to explain why I suck so badly because all, all of our friends are listening who are playing with us. And it's just the IL woes. A, a shit ton of guys, my guys are injured. And because of the way that we've picked our, our guys throughout the offseason, we have to work with the guys that we picked. We don't have a lot Yeah. We don't have a lot of wiggle room as far as replacement goes. I mean, I've been dancing a little my I mean, my IL is full. My bench is all injured. So I'm just like, I gotta pray that I have enough guys in a lineup in a given day. Uh, Victor Caratini is my backup catcher with COVID. I'm curious about his vaccinated status. So if anybody could report to me on that, I didn't have much luck finding it out. But he is on the COVID list currently, so I really have to hope that I don't have to go to backup catching. Um, by the way, Yu Chang, who I did, did not make my final cut, first base with, uh, with, the, Cleve- with the Guardians. I can say that now. You can now. say that the now. The Guardians also just came off the COVID list. And I don't, I, I'm guessing he's vaxxed. But he, he was in Akron this week. Um, Josh Rojas, I was super excited about from the D-backs. He was going to be my all-around guy. He has no timetable for return. He is on my IL. No. So I am sad about that, and I am sad about Teoscar Hernandez, which was supposed to be, like, looking at the Blue Jays doing well against the Red Sox hurts even more when I don't benefit from it because my guy, Teoscar, might be back soon. Both of those guys have oblique strains, and I actually had an oblique strain, and it is not fun, and who the fuck knows when it's going to heal. It takes a while. Um, And then speaking of you know, with my Red Sox facing another team and wanting to at least benefit at some way through the loss. I can't even benefit through these couple of pathetic outings with Baltimore here because Trey Mancini, my Baltimore dude, is day-to-day with a rib injury. He ran into a wall, I think, Friday night. They said today that he might actually be able to come in to pinch hit. Hmm. So I think think he's going to be back in. I don't know if they're going to bring him in today. They're in a rain delay right Right. now, so they may not even come back today. I don't know. But um, I, I think... You can hang on to him. I think he's coming back any second. All right. I, I hope so. You know who I'm, who's not coming back any second? I'm going to have to do something major with my lineup at this point. Adalberto Mondesi, who I, I specifically, when I talked about him, talked about his, his history with injuries, had this <laughs> faith through, I don't know where I got this idea that this would be the year that he wouldn't be injured. He has torn his ACL and he could be out for the whole season. Oh, no. So I might need to like look and see if there are any of my guys that I didn't pick that nobody else in the league has picked and I can put them on because he's pretty much he's pretty much done. And I, I'm sad because this I think it's his last arbitration year too. He could be like done done. I I hope it's oh, okay. No. I, I hope he's all right and things work out with him and the Royals. Um, my one little breath of, okay, maybe things are getting better, is David Fletcher, who's been out for, I don't know, like a couple weeks, 15 games, 15 games. 
is finally back with the angels. He's a very nice guy. He was the one who I, uh, I forget which episode it was, but I had um, seen a little interview video with him. Pleasant man. Hopefully he will help my fantasy team a little bit. I'm going to tell you a lovely thing about sitting with potty mouth at a at a baseball game <laughs> when you are rooting for for the opposite teams because she knows yeah. that guys are nice guys yeah. and she knows she can't root for them because they're playing against say the Red Sox hypothetically right. like yesterday and but it's like oh oh that's Cedric Mullins he's such a nice yep. guy that Ryan Mountcastle he's such a nice guy it was it was really very sweet to watch you try to like you know balance your I want you to follow up badly because my Red Sox are playing against you right. with the, but I know things about them and they're such a nice guy. Yeah. It's sort of like <laughs> the, like you don't boo, you cheer for your side kind of thing. Yeah. So it was like, I don't want you to mess up. I just want my guys to do better. And you're a very nice man. And it's Cedric Mullins. I adore you. But right now is not the time for it a big play. It is weird to drink cherry blossom beer after I, our tequila spiked cherry vanilla thing. <laughs> because it looks, it looks like it should be very similar. And it's yeah. not. I mean, it's yeah. a lovely beer. It's just not what I expected. But I did finally finish the tequila. So I'm trying <laughs> to catch up with potty mouth. But I don't know that I can. But I'm going to you know, do my darndest because we owe it to you. Yeah, it's a lighter shade of pink is what it is in a very I different I love that song. Um, so <laughs> that, that's a little something for the people that are over 50. Right. Um, okay. So a part, and this is going to relate back to what Potty Mouse said about mm. Yu Chang um, with the Guardians because I have a lot of problems at first base right now. So Yu Chang and Bobby Bradley, who was my oh, right. first baseman for Cleveland, um, so it was going to be like one or the other was they were going to like you know they were going to um, platoon mm-hmm. so they were both going to get some playing time we'll see what happens so I had Bobby and then he wasn't getting any time so I put G Man Choi who was my other first baseman in there and I kind of had Bobby like sitting in the you know in, in backstage waiting for his chance so G Man Choi is on the IL turns out Bobby's not getting any play time oh. either you would think with Yu Chang out they'd be like okay yeah. now you can get some play time. He all of a sudden isn't doing very well. So they've got like Josh Naylor has filled in at first base. Really? Other, a bunch of people have been filling in at first base for the Guardians right now. Huh. and But none of them are my guys. So I may have to I may have to do something really wacky like put Jake Cronenworth over at first and move somebody else like to utility or something. But it's not pretty at first base on my, on my, on my boyfriend list for sure. I am definitely going to be doing some research this evening on how I can move myself around. Hey, it's a good thing we had tequila. I was about to say that. I was totally, like, I I looked down at the notes and I thought, good thing I am well oiled for this one. (laughs) (laughs) This is, we are are on our woo, 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 police blotter segment. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) And... And I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for this. You can I am do it. So I believe in you. Sick of talking about Trevor Bauer, but we have to, because as of yesterday, I guess he was officially suspended for two years without pay by Major League Baseball. So thank you, Major League Baseball, for doing the right thing. I mean, maybe the writer thing would have been just to, to can him. Period. But. This seems like a pretty, it's better than paying him. It's better than letting him play. And it's, it's better it's, than what the NFL has been doing. It's the longest suspension they've ever issued. Mm. So they're making a statement with it. So that there's that. Right. So, of course, this isn't just going to fade away. You know, in the, in the ideal situation, they would do this. He would go serve the suspension and shut the fuck up. But now we're in the, the age of social media and he's not going to shut the fuck up. And he is appealing. And the Dodgers. There's nothing appealing about him at all. <laughs> he is right. 
<laughs> he is so unappealing. Yet, he is appealing. He is trying to appeal. The Dodgers uh, have had to come out with their lawyer statement saying that I don't, there was some preface about them, you know, being upset about the whole thing, but they understand that he has the right to appeal and therefore they will not comment further. I wrote comment. I was not even drunk when I wrote that. Comment further until the process is complete. So on top of that, the Washington Post comes out with an article yesterday, which I'm glad that the Post broke it because it's so hard when we're doing research. There are so many um, paywalls and I can't mm -hmm. subscribe to everything, but that's our local newspaper. So I could read all the Washington Post articles that there is another woman, yet another, and I believe this is like the third. This is the third. Um, from Columbus, Ohio, who has basically given the same story that he they had some agreement about rough sex, but that he took it too far. And things like being unconscious is just, it's just crazy. It's just fucking crazy. And of course, his um, reaction, as it is to the other ones, is not denying that he did it. The thing that he's denying is that he thinks it was consensual. And I just don't, it doesn't matter what somebody texts. And he, of course, in his Twitter feed, in his defense, first he attacked the post. Then he attacked her. And he he first summarized some stuff that he said in a very graphic manner. So do not look at the link if you don't want to see his graphic bullshit. And then he reposted some screenshots that he had saved from text with her, which was mostly, I don't know if it was deleted or fuzzed over by Twitter or if it, he fuzzed it over because of the graphic part. But his whole, like, atta you know, attacking at this point is just vile. It's just vile. Just the fact that he's saying basically that I did this, but it shouldn't be illegal because the woman consented, which is, I don't understand. I just don't so get it. So there's two things that I think we need to make sure that people understand mm -hmm. about this. One is this third woman who came forward is not pressing charges right. against him. She said, I don't, I'm not trying to get any money. I'm not trying to get any anything out of this. I can just back up the stories of these other women because this also happened to me. Yep. So, you know, I am willing to go to court. I'm willing to be a witness to say he also did this to me to sort of back up their allegations. Yeah, he's got a pattern of doing this. She, there's nothing in it for her except for embarrassment and being raked over the coals. Right. Um, other than doing the right thing because her life is going to be a living hell because of Trevor Bauer not being appealing in any way whatsoever. Yeah. The other important thing is even though there are no legal actions against him anymore because the LA district attorney is not pressing charges mm -hmm. major league baseball reviews his actions against their policy which players agree to and their policy very clearly states if your partner is asleep or unconscious they cannot give consent so it doesn't matter what any legal definitions are what MLB is basing those right. consequences are is is a violation of their policy, which clearly happened. Right. So that's why he's getting two years of you know suspension without pay from Major League Baseball, even though there are no legal um, actions anymore. Yep. Yeah. And despite what everybody on Twitter thinks, he was not proven innocent. And he's not proven yep. not guilty. They just didn't press charges because of knowing how the case was gonna was gonna work out. And now that he feels sort of exonerated, I mean, he's definitely in, you know interpreting this as I'm okay. 
he's suing as much as possible. He's suing both Deadspin and The Athletic, which we talked about before, because they said that the woman had a head fracture and she didn't. But that is one of a bazillion symptoms. But he's focusing on that. So he's he's also suing his accuser and, and her attorneys for a false and misleading uh, narrative. And he's saying that the woman, because there were two incidents, that she came back the second time in order to get the groundwork to basically extort money from him. So he's using that against her. And what happens with all this shit and the people who have a ton of money to to sue all these people with these lawsuits and now he's got two years of free time yep so this is what he's going to be focused on is it's intimidating i mean who and and like you were saying with the the woman who's coming forward in in columbus like bless this woman because she has everything to lose and nothing to gain by this situation because exactly what he's doing is to try to prevent women coming forward because he's going he could release her name right he could be raking her over the coals so who wants to go through that when the guy who you're accusing of abuse um, has a shit ton of money and a shit ton of, you know, connections and all that stuff. So I don't know what's going to happen to Trevor Bauer. You know, that he is, I don't, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen with his social media presence either. One thing that he's doing that I'm kind of like, oh, fuck, you know, it's hard when you see him doing stuff that's going to get him some positive press is he's been putting money toward minor league players who do something cool. He's like, do something cool, like, you know, pimp your run, do a bat flip, and I'm going to give you $15,000 or something like that. And then he highlights that person on his feed, and it's all a cool thing, which would be cool by me if he weren't an asshole and clearly just trying to get his image out there. And he's doing this for people who don't have any money. Right. So they can't even, it would be really hard to say, I'm sorry, you're an ass. I'm not going to yeah. take your money. It's like, okay, I can't eat this week. So I'm going to take your money. Right. So it makes it really hard on these guys too. It's yeah. Like, and the guys he, he's spotlighted look really cool, but you know, damn it. I don't know. So one thing I've noticed for a while is that on his social media profiles, he has his name in Japanese. I think it's Japanese. I, I haven't actually looked up the letters. Looks like Japanese to me, which I'm thinking might be his like fallback plan. Like if this MLB thing isn't working out to go to the, the NPB, but there have been tweets by people in, um, if it, reporters for NPB basically saying that Japanese baseball is not going to mess with something like this. Like, they know better. They're not going to mess with it. CPBL definitely wouldn't mess with it. I don't think he'd, he'd get to that point yet. But he could go to Mexico because the Liga Mexicana de Baseball does, unfortunately, have a really solid uh, record of accepting guys who have either, you know, been accused or admitted or found found guilty of some sort of abuse, including Roberto Asuna, who is still there, Yasiel Puig, who is now in Korea but spent some time in Mexico, um, uh, Addison, Addison Russell, Russell. Uh, Addison fucking Russell, who is not only there now but actually hit for the cycle yesterday with Acereros del Norte, and got another single after that. Mickey Calloway, who we talked about, ah. the miss from the, the Mets, um, is managing there, I believe. And Omar Vizquel also. Awesome. So, awesome. you know, I am not feeling so good about following Mexican <laughs> baseball, even though I'm going to talk about it in another minute. But damn it. Just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Barrow will end up there. Who knows? What else can he do? What's he going to do? Spend his time suing people, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't need any money. He'd play because he wants to play. Right. And they're the only, you know, he doesn't need to play. 
only if he wants to play. But, you know, he could also just spend his time coming up with more people to sue. He is not at all appealing. Uh, I have a super boring um, police blotter thing, but we need to say it. Because we talked um, last week about the mythical um, Yankee letter that was going to get released. Remember, this was the sealed letter sent by Rob Manfred to the Yankees. Um, I feel like a Yankee swap. Do you know what the Yankee swap is? That's like that holiday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yankee letter, Yankee swap. Is that kind of thing? No. No. Not at all. Not a party. But um, yeah, I see you've been to a lot lot of like (laughs) Christmas parties, shall we say, where, yeah, yeah, we don't call it that for real, but that's it. It is a thing. For sure. Um, Okay. That, boy, that might even be racist. I don't know. Is it? A Yankee swap? Do you is, think, it? Is, is Yankee like a, you know, should we not say that? I don't know. I don't know. We've had tequila, All so right. we don't know what we're talking about anymore. We've had tequila and you. cherry beer, so right. we can't be trusted. Um, and I don't mean to, like, you know, bust anybody's holiday parties right now. So the Yankee <laughs> letter, again, was sent by Rob Manfred's office to the Yankees um, after an investigation in 2017 right. about right, right, right. sign stealing. Mm-hmm. This letter was sealed, so no one could know what it said, but Manfred made a public announcement about what it was, but nobody actually believed him. And um, people who have used the DraftKing betting app have sued hmm. a couple of teams, say the Astros and the Red Sox, and and the Oops. league about because they said, you know, you've been yeah. signed stealings that influences the outcome of the game, so it wasn't fair to us putting bets on the game. So they wanted this letter open because they thought it was going to be proof. This letter, I don't know why it was sealed to begin with because it's so freaking boring. So it's unsealed. <laughs> unsealed court said yeah go ahead and open the darn letter all it did was it confirmed that the yankees were using the video feed from their you know their video screening to decode signs and then they were using the phone from the video room to call the dugout to say what they learned about the sign so that was in fact sign stealing but at the right. time that what the actual using the video feed wasn't really a thing that anyone said was wrong because everybody was kind of doing it at that time huh. so the problem, the, the violation, was using the phone from the video room to call the dugout with that kind of information. Okay. That phone is supposed to be, you know how when there's an, a, a close play on the field and the manager says, hold on a second, we want to see if we want to review it? That's what that phone is for. The guys in the video room reviewing it to see is okay. it worth reviewing the call. They call the dugout and say, yeah, go ahead and review it. That's the only thing that that's supposed to be for. So they used it, used the phone improperly. So the Yankees were fined $100,000. But that made everybody say, huh, you know what? We need to really be clearer on what our policy is about using video feeds to decode signs. So the day after that sealed letter was sent, that's when the notification went out to all the teams clarifying the rules about the hmm. use of video. Like, you can't. <laughs> you can't steal signs with video. You just you can't use it for that. Okay. So that's all it was. It said, yep, you guys were doing it. The Red Sox were doing it, but you used the phone. So that's what we're finding you for because you used the phone. That's all the damn letter said. So um, yeah, so so much for underpromise and overdeliver. They totally overpromised. And then I was like, oh yeah, okay. No biggie. Oh well. All right. I'm gonna have one more sip of the cherry beer, then I'm gonna um, invite you all to, to argue with me. All right. Well, I'm gonna pour oh can you can have all of that. Should I finish it? Okay. I think you should. All right. um, okay, so you might have noticed this past week that um, the Phillies had no hits against the Mets in one game. <laughs> and there are five Mets pitchers pitched in that game, and the Phillies didn't have a single hit. And there were headlines saying, it's the first no-hitter of the year. It's the second no-no in Mets history. I call bullshit. <laughs> 
I, yes, the Phillies had no hits, but if it takes five pitchers to get through that, I mean, the beauty of the no-no is one pitcher was so good over the course of nine or more innings that the other team was unable to get a hit off of them. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of the no-no. When it's a combined no-no, especially with five pitchers, it's an indictment of the batters. The Phillies' batters sucked. It wasn't that. I mean, like, you know, if, if a pitcher went out for one batter and they didn't get a hit, oh, yay, I contributed to this combined no-no. No, you had one good you had one good batter. So I am i don't like this yeah. use of that. I'm like, you can say that the Phillies, you know, were no hit. But like, calling the game a no-no is a, is a false impression, I think. Uh, yeah, that, that's a fight me. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think it needs its own name. Because yes. the one, like, de- defense that I saw that I kind of respected of this is that it's actually rarer than rarer rarer than a no hitter that there have only been seventeen of these combined no hitters, as opposed to I don't know several more not a lot more but several more. I appreciate no-hitters. the specificity. Yeah, there's <laughs> bunches more. Yeah, but there's more. Uh-huh. Definitely, definitely the greater than sign. But I don't know how many. So this is rarer. So that means it's a thing. So I don't know. Maybe we should just say it's a combined no-hitter, and that's a cool thing in and of itself that should not be compared to a real no-hitter in yes. any way, shape, or form. And, and that's exactly right. If you call it a combined no-hitter, I'm okay yeah. with that. But if you just call it a no-no and say, oh, the, the, right. it's the first no-hitter of the year, it's not. It might be the first combined no-hitter of the year. Right. But apples and oranges, my friends, apples and oranges. I'm willing to argue about that. I'm going to die on that hill. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. And I just want to give a little shout-out to my former Mets pitching staff because I picked them last year, I think, and Edwin Diaz apparently was the hero of this in closing it all out. So... Yay, Edwin Diaz. Yay. Yay, Mets. You did well with your combined no-hitter. So despite the fact that I was just dissing Mexican baseball, which, I, you know, there's a lot of wonderful things about Mexican baseball. And, you know, I'm going to name a couple, but I just don't like the fact that all these abusers can end up there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, despite the fact that Addison Russell hit for the cycle, the other team won. The uh, Saraperos de Satillo won nine to eight over the Acereros. And interestingly, the guy who got the win was Fernando Abad, who spent time both in Boston, Baltimore, among other places, and now is in Mexico. So one of the things I like about following baseball in other countries is you go, hey, that's where that guy is. And that's why I'm doing this little international rundown. The other one for anybody who follows Lidom, Dominican baseball in the winter, one of the heroes of the Estrellas Orientales, Junior Lake, he stole three bases in one play. Not only just in one, one inning, play? in one play. That's impossible. Yeah, a lot second, of overthrows. Apparently, there was a little <laughs> bit of messing up there. Second, third, and home for the t- Toros de Tijuana against the Mariaches de Guadalajara. So apparently, he's the fourth in LMB, and I put those initials wrong and in Mexico to steal three bases in an inning and the second to do it without an out in between the steals all in one play so that was kind of a thing and I want to check out the video on that oh my god that's amazing uh, other side of the world international baseball that I love uh, and follow is the CPBL in Taiwan. And th- when I first started watching CPBL, there were four teams, and this year there are five. And I am very excited that they're expanding to six with the Taiwan Steel Group. And interestingly, and I appreciate very much CPBL stats post not only posted this but posted the fact that their uniforms are going to be green. 
And then what I really liked about CPL stats is that he then posted a bunch of prior green uniforms and how lovely the color green is. And basically that this, you know, we very much approve of green coming in for next year because that's that's an underrepresented color right now in CPBL. Can I also shout out CPBL stats briefly? Mm -hmm. Because um, I have been, I'm working with our summer collegiate league here um, locally, and we've had some pitchers from Taiwan in the past. And I was researching what players who have played with our local Thunderbolts have gone on to play professionally. And I couldn't connect our players here because the stats that are kept um, in traditional ways for these collegiate leagues don't connect these players necessarily to international mm -hmm. leagues. So I couldn't tell if the players with the same or similar names because of spelling were the guys who were playing yeah. professionally in CPBL and, and I, very helpful, super helpful and made it, made magic happen. And now I know four players yeah. who played in our summer league. Oh, that's so cool. For the CPBL. Yep. That is super cool. Yep. Yeah. Check out CPBL stats on Twitter and also his website for all kinds of cool information. So speaking of CPBL, just a, a quick rundown. The monkeys who you used to, uh, to support or probably still do because you have a little bit of swag are leading right now as of the time of recording with 12 games, one dragons, which is the new expansion team are in second with 10. And then the brothers and the lions are tied with nine. That's my lions. And the guardians are having a rough year with three right now. So they're they're infamous for not being able to bring in runners in scoring position, but apparently they're just not scoring at this point. And and just my final little um, little white flag of hello, Yankees fans. If any of you are still listening to us despite my constant barrage, I really apologize for that. Mike Talkman, uh, formerly of the Yankees, is in the KBO and he's raking it. So all you Yankees fans who still listen to us, check out KBO. He's with the Hanwha Eagles batting over 300. So there we go. That's the Damn. international rundown of the week. Let's go back to the minor leagues for a second because mm -hmm. we haven't had a little labor rant for a little while. <laughs> we're overdue. It's We're overdue. So here's a tiny, tiny one. Our friends at Advocates for Minor Leaguers organized a petition that was signed by 1,000 minor league players that was sent to MLB to say, you know, we were working at spring training. That was part of our job. You need to pay us for that. Holy shit. It's crazy that they don't get paid for that. Like, yeah, who so goes to a work training and doesn't get paid? MLB basically says that. It's like, oh, it was a training. It wasn't your real job. So we're not paying you for that, even though you can't do anything else for like oh the, the month or two you're in spring training, right? And if you remember back in March, we talked about these various court rulings, one of which said that minor league players are year-round employees. Because if the minor leagues call on you to do something, make mm -hmm. an appearance somewhere, do whatever, you have to, no matter what else is going on, you know, in between your, um, you know, your Uber Eats driving and your, you know, working at UPS or whatever right. the heck you're doing in the off season and possibly during the current season in order to pay your bills. So, um, yeah, even though the spring training is full time for a couple of months. So advocates for Brian Leaguer said, okay, we're going to organize this and submit this petition last Thursday to um, to MLB. Now it goes to MLB because remember, Major League Baseball now owns the minor leagues. Um, mm. There's a lot more education happening at the clubhouse level in minor league baseball than used to be about here are your rights, here are your labor rights. So and good. so I think, you know, it's, we're still baby stepping, but I think the awareness is bigger and it may be another step towards unionizing the minor leagues, which we are all for. And 
one of the articles I read quoted a minor league player in the National League saying, well, you know, there's thousands of us and only 30 teams. So there's an awareness of we have numbers. We just need to get together and speak as one voice. So thank you, advocates for minor leaguers, for providing that funnel to be, you know, to get those voices to speak together. Um, That's pretty cool. I'm hoping cool things are going to happen with that. Yeah, I saw them put a number on it, too, that they're looking for a minimum payment of like $35,000, $30,000, It was basically like... You know, minimum. Oh, minimum wage for the year. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, what they wanted for the year as a as a basic salary right. for the year because usually players get about twelve thousand dollars. So crazy. Because they're only getting paid right. during the season, and you know that one of the, the the findings in March was that uh, that baseball was in violation of um, minimum wage standards. So there's a lot of exceptions for minor leagues that have to go away because these guys, in fact, are working full-time jobs. Yep. Yep, for sure. And your teams are earning billions of dollars. So, you know, it's not that hard to give each of those guys $35,000 so they can survive. It's crazy. So they when can you're survive. talking about like major league minimum wage being, what is it, like 500000 or something like that, you should be able to pay minor leaguers yeah, $35,000. Sure. For sure. Damn it. Hey, so those City Connect jerseys, if you remember, I was trying to say, you know, I feel bad about judging other cities <laughs> – Jerseys, because I don't know that city's vibe. And so something that might be meaningful to that city may not just resonate with me or whatever. Well, ESPN doesn't have such qualms. (laughs) So they actually did a piece where they ranked the, the... City Connect jerseys that are out there in the world right now. There's like 10 or 11 that exist right now between last year and this year, um, the ones that have been released so far. And I just want to say that um, the Washington Cherry Blossom one is number three, and the Boston one is number four. So the only ones that are that are deemed better. And this article actually talks about here's what the locals had to say about it. Okay. So they weren't just saying, in our opinion, sitting mm-hmm. in our office, this is what we think. They actually kind of took the vibe. The, the White Sox Southside uniforms, which – kick ass they're the, the pinstripe ones with yeah. Southside. i really oh you don't like those so i all right you can finish and then i'll tell you why I so I, I i love those yeah. so i'm good with that and also the marlins use the sugar yeah. kings which weirdly was a, a cincinnati reds triple a team that played yeah. that, oh, that wow. played in cuba so i'm but so but they've got it and those are awesome so it's Southside sugar kings and then the washington and then the boston and we um potty mouth brought up the space city ones that houston just released they had those at, at, at a number six hmm. so um i don't think those are any, I, i'm fine with that because i don't think those are any better than the ones that we've got on top but i want to hear your opinion it's, of the yeah i mean i think they're they're all good and i like the south side ones mm-hmm. i just feel like I, maybe it's just my like gut reaction to pinstripes. I just feel like yeah. as far as creativity and color and design, like I understand the meaning. I mean, South Side and the White Sox, but I just think that the Marlins and the the Nationals and Space City all have so much more going on as far as just color and design. I don't know. I'm, I'm really biased for the Nats because I feel like there's so many little details there that add together. But see, those might exist in the Southside one that you're just not aware I'm of because you're not from Chicago. Like okay. the, the, This write-up talked about how yeah. it's evocative of the architecture and that there, there are things that okay. tie it to the city that, again, this is why I'm, I'm trying yeah. really hard not to be as judgy <laughs> as I would. My gut reaction is right. to judge like crazy because right. that's how I am. But um, I have opinions. So I'm not afraid to share them. But the, yeah. So I'm going to link to this and you can read up and you can agree or disagree with the rankings but I'm just I'm amused that someone actually put this in writing 
especially after we said we're not going to do this and now we're totally doing this yeah but cherry blossoms are pretty cherry blossoms are pretty um hey so we've got this fantasy boyfriend <laughs> baseball league and at one point this week potty mouth and i were tied for the basement which i appreciated potty mouth saying that's good because we record in the basement mm-hmm. so here we are together in the basement physically right now i want to say that i have moved ahead by uh, like fewer points than I can count on one hand. Um, so I, we're not tied anymore. And, um, but we got as spicy Susie's hot mess express. Number one, Deborah F's team. Number two, Bono's boyfriends is number three. The leftovers number four, not as depressed ace fan. Number five, Karen's legit team. Number six, I zombies for adults. Number seven, the kids hang it in there at number eight. Hail Mary nine. And then me. And then potty mouth so we are here to support you our other teams we, we mm-hmm. think you're great and we don't mind at all that you're beating the crap out of us yeah and and there's been a lot of movement around there i mean spicy Susie is definitely you know something to contend with she's always in the top three ish but there's been some movement and we'll see what ha- i mean we have a ways to go ways to go for sure. For sure. Hey, um, we're we're going on the road. I'm so excited. We're going on the road. We're going to Rochester this weekend. So this Friday night, we will be at the Rochester Red Wings seeing our Nationals AAA team. We're going to be sitting right above the dugout um, trying to make friends with the players that we know and love and the players that we, we're going to know and love as soon as they get called up. So we're pretty happy about that. Yeah. And one thing that we did when we were at the Woo Sox was we just kind of recorded a couple of snippets and I have no idea how they came out yet of just our impressions of what was going on and I think we're going to be doing that at the Red Wings and if I get my shit together which I will eventually it's going to end up on our Patreon so if you want to support us just a little bit so that we can keep this podcast going go to patreon.com slash no crying and b-ball just look for us on Patreon and throw us a few bucks and then you're going to get some random ramblings and screenshots and videos and whatever else that we threw up there it's for y'all. It's kind of like hanging out with us. Yeah, it is. Basically, it's a, yeah. it's a little picture of what our week looks like um, via via text and sitting at ball games and and whatnot. And can I just say, um, somebody on the kids team is graduating this weekend, which is why we're going to Rochester. Oof. So Ooh, yeah, that's a woohoo. That's, that's a woohoo. A that's woo-hoo. a big Mr. Celery woohoo right there. Yeah. We're pretty excited about that. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else going on this week? We're going to work three days and then go on a road trip. Yeah. I think that's that's a plan. That's we a plan. you know we'll be driving through Williamsport, so maybe on the way home we'll stop at the Little League Museum. Maybe we'll be too tired from all the fun that we have, and we won't. So I don't know. So you'll you'll hear about that when we eventually record after our whirlwind weekend. Somehow, 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 a microphone will travel. I'm just going to tell you that the rain delay is over at, oh. at, at Camden Yards, and the O's scored again. So it's oh, six to one shit. Orioles over the Red Sox. I don't know why I'm saying that out loud to Potty oh. Mouth because I love you, Potty Mouth, but I I'm kind of it's, okay with yeah. this. Hey, if you're new to our show, you should feel free to go back and check out um, old episodes, especially if you want to learn more about our boyfriends from this year and for previous years. If you have friends or family that you think would like to hear us talk about baseball please feel free to share links to our podcast with them if you can leave us a review or a rating we appreciate that and um as always the complaints department and conversation and the fight me over the no-no will all go to potty mouth on social media yeah you can just send that to me on twitter <laughs> at nciv podcast facebook and instagram no crying and b-ball i will be pleasant in my replies i promise i'm sure of it i am sure of it hey so um wow fight the man it's the right thing to do and until next week Say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth.
I, am, right. I have a lot of I'm concerns warm. about your output now. I'm having a warm moment. I can't imagine why. <laughs> I cannot imagine why. 